Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here from View from the Cheap Seats podcast. And this week we have one of the best sports writers in the game. And he's got a great podcast as well. Jonah Carey joins us on the podcast. Did you have fun on View from the Cheap Seats, Jonah? I had the most fun and my commute was about 14 steps down to my living room. We did it in your living room. We're in Denver. It's a little road. uh, I'm going to call it a road victory for us all. We all There's no one I want to talk to more than who right now during these baseball playoffs than than Jonah Jonah Carey. Carey. So join us on this episode because we take the deepest dive. Let me just say there is a three a <laughs> Mordecai three, three finger, finger brown reference. There you go. That's and by there. the way, Gar Ryness is not here. I'm kissing him. I'm, I'm giving love. a shout out now. I feel like he always needs to be at least in spirit. When we love talk. to the batting stance yes. guy. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost 1 million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks. Plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. Feral Audio. Welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I got a little something going on in the throat there. Um, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, thank you. Welcome for listening and things. Uh, it is just what the title implies there. It's uh, We chat with people. Uh, I talk to artists, musicians, authors, activists, uh, some legends, some, some soon-to-be legends, as I like to uh, think of it, people. You know, and uh, peruse my other uh, episodes if you like. Go look at my archive. You know, I've talked to Wayne Kramer of the MC5, uh, Jerry Stahl, the great author Jerry Stahl. A lot of people, a lot of great people. And today's guy is uh, Dave Clock, um, artist, and uh, he. Maybe you've seen that comedy show, uh, the the meltdown there on the Comedy Central. Well, he did the art for that, and he does all their posters, and he does screen art. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep uh, having weird throat. Anyway, Dave Clock, great guy, great artist. I'm a big fan. I've been a fan of his for a long time. Uh, and we've known each other peripherally. And uh, But uh, the other day we had dinner, and I was like, i got to get this guy on. I don't know why I haven't asked him yet. I've thought about it a lot. Anyway, he's great. If you haven't noticed, I took a bit of a break from doing the show. Uh, I took, uh, I think, maybe this three or four weeks. I just, you know... I've been putting these out almost once a week for the last three years, and sometimes you just got to step back and re-refuel. Uh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean, everybody? And, uh, yeah, life this is this year, this year is crazy. You know, I recorded an album. Hopefully that's coming out soon. I recorded an album. I got married. My wife got pregnant. I lost my job. I got another job. Then I got... A, oh, and then I got, I sort of quit slash fired. Worked at the Ace Hotel. Real piece of shit company. Don't work for them. <laughs> uh, that's my that's my slogan for the Ace Hotel. A real piece of shit company. And now I got a writing job for Funny or Die. Uh, which, uh, we'll see how that goes. I start in two weeks. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I'll tell you that. I'm excited. And it's a, But it's a big change. 
big change. I thought I was going to die in a, as a bartender. I thought I was going to be that grumpy, drunk bartender. And you know what? Somewhere in my heart, that guy will always live, no matter what happens. <laughs> hey, how about we... Uh, oh, real quick. Um, go to my Conversations with Matt Dwyer page over there at the Feral Audio. And click on that Amazon link. And anytime you buy something from Amazon, I get a kickback of that. And that would be helpful because I got a goddamn baby on the way. So every penny counts at this point, people. I got to buy diapers. All right. Um, let's get to this conversation with Dave Clock. Jonah Ray says you're probably one of the greatest guys he's ever met in his entire life. He got like real serious with that. When did he say that? Years ago? He said, no, he just said that like <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Years ago? Well, so you have time to disprove him? Yeah, right. <laughs> is Jonah, is the, is Jonah the, the reason you got into doing all these comedy posters? How did that come about? Yeah, uh, with no like, no euphemism, meeting Jonah changed my life flat out easily like left turn if life's a bunch of roads there's a lot of subtle curves <laughs> i was stopped at a light met jonah and did a u-turn that's uh jonah i used to not think of jonah that way but he is kind of becoming a guy who affects a lot of people's lives and it's kind of weird i mean it's great yeah well i like i wasn't i didn't make posters until i met him and now i make posters for a living that's your how does that feel like I mean, because most people go into art and yeah. go, well, I guess this is going to be a shitty life. Well, I guess I'm not going to do art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's got to feel miraculous. Yeah. No, it's 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 unreal, like in the truest like meaning of it. It and doesn't feel real. Is it because you've started doing the Meltdown? Did you do the first Meltdown poster? Which I was in the first show, by the way. You were in the first show. Very first Meltdown. Live show, not the TV. Right. You were in the first one. I went to the second one. My friend Jordan Vote Roberts was showing. Me. I didn't know you were buddies with Jordan. I lived with him. He's the reason I live in L.A. Did you live with him in Chicago? No. I visited him in Chicago. But I lived with him on Alvarado. Yeah. Fuck. Did we meet then? Maybe. Maybe not. I was gone a lot. I okay. used to tour with bands. What did you do with bands? I just tour managed. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, you've got... Who did you tour with, band-wise? Uh People like <laughs> no, no one that I'm gonna be like check this out. <laughs> uh, the Swellers, Streetlight Manifesto, Wilhelm Scream, Set Your Goals, like pop punk bands. Right. Still, that's fucking stuff. awesome. Yeah. How but I was gone a lot, so I just had like my stuff in a room, and then I'd get back and worry about rent, and then I'd leave again. And what? How did? Why did you start doing that? Was that just like couldn't get a job, and that, that was the only world I knew. Did you play in bands and stuff, too? I did, but I was awful at it. But I was, like, a little bit more responsible than the rest of the guys. <laughs> you know? Like, someone, you know, the promoter would be like, who do I settle up with? And it would just be like, I don't know, Dave? And that happens a couple times in a row. And then it's like, well, Dave's in charge. That's pretty cool, though. And then would you have to do all the van driving when everybody's hungover or that drunk? Was, that was my favorite part. That's why I did it, because I love driving. I do, too. Right? And you get to go, like, I love road trips. Like best. I'm like itching for one now. I know that feeling. What's that your itch is serious. sort of favorite areas to drive in the country? Uh, I'm a night drive guy. Really? Yeah. If the sun's down, all I want to do is be driving. And 
I was always with people whose musical taste I didn't agree with, but the driver chooses the music. If the music was so bad, I'd be like, pull over, I'll drive. <laughs> you take a nap. Don't even need a shotgun guy. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't fake it. <coughs> I can't, I can't, if it's, if I don't like the music, I can't, I can't, like, if I go into a bar or a restaurant and they're playing shitty music, like, I will, it will ruin my entire experience. <laughs> yeah, because there's always a better, there's a better option. And they're not taking it. I'm just always amazed how some people in life are just like, yeah, well, just put anything on. I'm like, really? Yeah, what do you like? I don't know anything but country. Ooh, what an awful response. I love how you could completely write off an entire oh, yeah. genre. You should be a drifter, like, at night, because you're just like, you like to drive at night. Like, I think that's fair, because I like to drive during day, because I want to see all the, you can't really see any of the weirdness. Oh, yeah, I'm not doing it for seeing stuff. What is it, like a Zen th- spiritual thing? I'm a, well, I'm naturally great at sitting. <laughs> <laughs> and my ankle's one of my strongest areas. All right, that's impressive. <laughs> I, th- I literally think I just like listening to music and sitting. Does, uh, do, you, uh, do you work with uh, Jordan Vogt Roberts at all? Uh no, no, we went for we went for a while without talking. Oh, and now we're we're back we're back at it we're back we're buds again. <laughs> <laughs> He's like uh, like on the verge of bigness. Yeah, I think it's it's just everyone who knows him right now is like, you're about to blow up, and then like we'll all go away for a week and we'll come back and everyone in the world will know. Probably the weekend his movie comes out. What is that coming out soon? I don't know. I don't think so. It's weird. Not to make this about me, but all my friends, like I have a, a lot of friends who are just about to come. Like my, I did some work with the guy who did the new Jurassic Park movie. Uh-huh. his, and it's like, I don't, it makes me feel kind of weird because I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> if you whisper, you'll have to turn this part up later. <laughs> well, because there's that thing of like, oh, I got this funnier die job and that's cool. But I'm like, my friend's directing a hundred million dollars. Like, it's like. But Dick, not everybody can direct a hundred. I couldn't. Right. Do, I couldn't do it. Right. That's the whole thing. Is you go like because I know that feeling. But you're like, I wouldn't do a better job. I Why couldn't. would I care? Yeah, it's weird because I get petty about things, and then I'm like, you don't even do anything to like. I'll see somebody get a like a special. I'm like, oh god damn it! And I'm like, you don't even work at your stand up anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why are you irritated? Yeah. Like you know they put in the time. So then with the Jonah Ray, to jump back, mm-hmm. this is like a bad Herald, isn't it? We're just go- Did you get that reference? I know what a Herald is, <laughs> but I couldn't tell you if this was a bad one. I mean me. It's not uh, not going poorly. I didn't mean that. But I mean, uh, so how did the th- thing end up where you started doing the posters for Meltdown? Um, I went, so I, like I said, I went to that, that one Meltdown, and then it became something I did every week. And then I just always felt like it felt like a punk rock show. Like kind of like a basement show. Yeah. Because there's that low ceiling and everything. It just felt like a basement. And I said, I went up to him. It was one of those things where I literally had to like build up the nerve. Really? Like, yeah. I was like, hey, man, this feels like a punk rock show. You should do posters for it. Like literally like without any motive. And then he was like, do you do posters? And I was like, yep. <laughs> and then I just taught myself <coughs> the screen print. That's oh you didn't know how to screen print at that time. Right. What kind of art were you doing? I really kind of wasn't. I was designing stuff for bands here and there, but like poorly for very little money. You weren't. You didn't like. Are you self-taught? I went to art school, but not for that at all. What kind of? 
like when you went to art school, you, were you like, I'm going to be a painter? Uh, <laughs> that's the only kind of art people do, right? Right. There's not that's, that's it. I went to the other one. Um, <laughs> there was like a, a, a shed in the back of that art school. <laughs> First day, that was the only door that was open, so I guess why not? Um, I got a degree in performance art. Really? Yeah. And... Uh, and then that was pretty far from screen printing. <laughs> they didn't even teach screen printing where I went. Where did you go? University of Michigan. Oh, where are you from? Detroit. I know Jordan from high school. Oh, yeah, okay. That's crazy. Yeah. I have a lot of Detroit people on my podcast. There are a ton out here. Yeah. I know I know more Detroit people in L.A. than I do in Detroit. Yeah, that's like Chicago here. Yeah. Did uh, So were you friends with Rodriguez? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's like funny because they tag as like he knew everybody and like. Who's that? The guy that was waiting for Sugarman documentary guy. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I haven't seen it. One of his albums said like jammed with the MC5. So I asked Wayne Kramer, I was like, hey, did you know? And he's like, I have no memory. He's like, maybe. And he's like, I was just doing a lot of drugs at the time, but I don't remember. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was like, seems like you might remember. Sure. <laughs> uh,. What, what, so what, because performance art, I think people have a lot of misconceptions of what performance art is. Uh, I think they think it's, you it's know, like. pretty highbrow. Yeah. So, yeah, what, what attracted you to performance art and not, like, say, being an actor? Oh, I never, I've never wanted to act. So there's <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, and I got along with the performance art teacher. That's it. That's it? Yep. Did you really. Did you want to do performance art? Mm-mm. I really did want a degree. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that's in- interesting. Yeah, and uh, it was fun, and um, I I guess I just go with fun. It was fun, <laughs> and then I got that degree, and then I moved to LA. Uh, so, but so then like th- <laughs> that sounds real awful. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm just like I, the leap from uh, I've never heard someone be like I don't know I just did did it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I never wanted to do, like, acting or anything. Um, it was, I did these weird uh, uh, fake PowerPoint presentations as different, at, like, fake visiting professors around U of M. And I would, like, dress up and make fake credentials and go around to different departments and, like, pitch, like, a speech that I would give to the class. And then I would do that. And then I would just record it, and that would be my work. That's great. Yeah, that's really hilarious. They were they were a lot of fun, and no one was really telling me what to do. Just if I did it, my teacher thought it was bonkers, and I would get good grades. That's awesome. So, I would just do that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) My friend, who was a graphic design major, who was my like one of my best buddies, he would make my fake credentials with me and make fake advertisements to put around the school. You know, fake names and, like, bad-looking posters. That's really great, though. Yeah. <laughs> I find them every once in a while. Because I'd save them, and then I'd I'll look through all my bullshit. And be like, ooh, that looks like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so you, you had no idea how to do these posters. or di- I mean, you had a loose, you just were like, were you like, oh, fuck, now I got to do this, and I don't know what I'm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love, I lo- I've always been the kid who goes to shows and, like, slowly, like, takes the tape off the corners of the thing on the wall and, like, rolls the poster up. And I've got, like, thousands of old really? posters. Yeah. But, like, I never thought I'd make them. Um, screen printing is, is real, like, 
tough and not logical. So like you'll hit the same problem over and over and over, and there's no real reason you're hitting it, except you don't know like the weird way to circumvent it. What is sort of a problem that you would come across? You have the wrong mixture of chemicals to get rid of the emulsion on your screen. And your screen is uh, a low mesh count, so you're getting weird detail fallout. That seems like a fucking nightmare, because yeah. that's just, like, what is that just, uh, what do they call it, like, can you just keep doing it until you get it right type yeah. of thing? Uh, a, a screenwriter <coughs> I totally, totally admire that I met through Neil, uh, that Neil's known his whole life, um, calls it battlefield medicine. <laughs> you're just like, you're out there, it's happening, man, you gotta fix it now, <laughs> you got a deadline, let's do this. Like, I got a wound, what do we have? We got some tea bags. let's do it, jam them in there. <laughs> That's got to be stressful, right? Yep. Especially if you have a deadline. Yeah, and no <coughs> money. So you're like, all right, I need to make 50 posters. How much paper can I afford? 60 sheets. All right, you can fuck up 10 times. All right, you fucked up nine. You better do this right from here on out. All right. Wow, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. So how was your first poster for Meltdown? How did that... It was a nightmare. Really? Yeah. And... Did you, like, was that one of those, I have a very little amount of, I know all about having a little bit of, of money and having to try to, right. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't. Because I, I had no, I straight up lost money every week for two years doing it. And I was like, this will pay off. This will pay off. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't, first off, I didn't, I wasn't selling them for any money. They were free. Well, for a while I was splitting the money with Meltdown. And then they were free. And then, it, yeah, oof, boy, there's a lot of variations on not making money. But I would buy like 50 sheets and get 10 quality posters out of it. How much are the sheets? Back then, I was buying the wrong kind of paper. <laughs> I was buying like expensive stuff and I didn't even know. And I was buying like really weird expensive ink and I didn't even know. Yeah, it was just looking back, I was really fucking it up. It's. Are you. Was there a point where you were like, fuck this, I'm out? Because, I mean... Oh, over and over. Yeah, absolutely. What makes you keep going when in that kind of... I had nothing else. <laughs> you know, it's it's real easy to stop something if there's something right to the left or the right, where you're like, I'll just do that instead. If you got nothing else, you just kind of keep doing it. But if And was that sort of... You weren't... What were you doing to survive at that point? Uh, I worked at, like, this weird quasi-record label. That was doing absolutely nothing for itself or me. It was what just was me and another guy. Oh, what was the label? It's called, uh, I don't want to say Oh, it, you can't but, say Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's nothing big, but it was a guy in a band I worked with, and he was always on tour. And it would just the label kind of just existed in case like <coughs> he had an idea to release something. But that would be like a year in between each one. So I'd just be like kind of sitting there. But they had screen printing equipment at the label so that's how it worked out oh that's he'd be gone for months and i'd be like all right i'm gonna teach myself this whole thing i'm gonna try to get better at screen printing when was the sort of the turnaround point with all with everything she was so gradual <laughs> oh man <laughs> i don't know i did eventually quit the label and just started doing art and printing that was two years ago what is that's uh you must be relieved though now like on, in hindsight because you're like this is my life now yeah but you know at any point any point that could drop out just like anything i know that's <laughs> uh 
I always love when people are like, oh, everything's going to work out. And it's like, yeah, and then you get cancer. Like, it doesn't always, like, things don't work right. out. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I get really weird vertigo all the time. And, like, this morning I woke up <clears> and the room was spinning. And I was just like, well, okay. Everything's fucked. <laughs> Let's see. I've got, like, 11 things to do. I can't do any of them if the room is spinning. But then I, like, closed my eyes and went back to sleep. And I woke up and it was gone. But who knows? How often does that happen? Every, like, six months. Oh, really? And is it just like for a day or two, or is it... However long it wants to stay around. I had a friend who had, a, like, and he was, like, the hot shit actor at Second City and on the main stage, and he had to quit because he's, like, he couldn't get through shows. Really? It was, and it, but it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty frequent. Yeah, that's way worse than mine, but I'm sure it's the same thing. Yeah. It's weird. The first time I ever got it was at UCB. Really? Yeah. I had two tall boys under my seat. <clears throat> I accidentally kicked one, and it fell over. And I leaned down real quick to get it. And I put my head up, and I went, something super wrong. And, like, everything was spinning. And I felt, oh. I like, maybe I just got really dehydrated right now. And then, for some reason, I drove home. And then I couldn't move for, like, three days. Wow, that's terrible. Is that like a thing that's constantly hanging in your head? Like, oh, this could hit any time now? Yeah. That's fun. Like, if you hear, if I hear something, like, behind me, I'm like, if I turn around too fast, I'll get sick. Is that something that triggers it, if you, like, move too yeah. quickly? It's a great excuse not to exercise. Every day. <laughs> every day. I, like, I'll see, like, a free weight, and I'm like, I should leave it there for everyone's sake. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can give it to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's my blood. But yeah, I that's just to have something like that that's always kind of present is I'm bit, I don't know. I Meh. Yeah, I always have stuff like that in my head anyway, and but they just don't like I'll get a sore shoulder, I'm like that's cancer. You bet. <laughs> Got that inner shoulder cancer. That's a big one in my family. Inner yeah. <laughs> Awful shoulders. Everyone's reaching for their dreams and they can't reach them anymore. <laughs> And so, when when you started doing the regular thing with uh, Meltdown, and that when that turned into your, I guess your life, did that? What other sort of art have you said? You and now you're able to do other art. Like, what are the other stuff you're doing? And is that was that just like another thing where you're like, I'm going to start doing, figuring out how to do this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I. You know, you just the more you do something, the more you can be like, hey, look, I do this now. Look, here's proof. So like, I was doing art poorly for a long time and then finally i through meltdown like i was forced to practice because every week you do it that's practice and uh i just kind of got in touch with old, like old bands like i do this better now check it out and then i just started getting more business and then getting better at it didn't somebody recently ask you to do their album cover some something somebody awesome or am i crazy no uh you're not crazy. <laughs> uh, right now I'm doing Natasha Leggero's album. Um, but I feel like I've worked with a lot of people that I would call awesome. Most of them. I, hey, if they want to let me do their art, they're awesome. I thought, I mean, like a band. Oh, no. The, oh, boy, yeah. I got, um, I'm doing a hum failure. Poster. Oh, that's right. You said <laughs> yeah. that. You mentioned that the other day. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, when I started doing art, I was like, man, one day I'll be at the point if everything works out 
that I can ask bands I like if I can work for them, and they'll say yes. And that's it. It's not a huge goal, but like, <laughs> I like I love Hum and Failure, and I've loved them since I was 15. Maybe one day I'll work for them, and then all I had to do at like was ask. See, to me, that is a huge goal because it's like that means you've reached a level of like where you're like, I've got the swing and dick now, and I'm like, I'm working with you. You know what I mean? Now, if only I liked bands that like hundreds of people liked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I got to like those bands that, you know, have been in buses and stuff. Was doing the set for the Meltdown TV show, was that like an, also another big. Like, if other people come pursued that... Because that looks fucking amazing. Thanks, dude. Uh, that, was, that was crazy, because, you know, it's like... I think Mitch Hedberg always had this joke where he's like... People are like, oh, you're a comedian? Do You should also cook, or something. <laughs> I forget. I'm sure it wasn't that. But people are like, oh, you draw? So you do murals? And I'm just like, yep. So I did the mural for Meltdown, and then through that, I did a mural for Spotify. That, That's awesome. Yeah. At any point, I can be like, yeah, I did this mural for corporate people. You should uh, have me do one for you. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge... Like, that's... I don't know. I'm impressed is what I'm getting at. I, I'm still pumped about it. <laughs> My mom's still pumped about it. My mom's coming to town. She's like, can I see that Spotify mural? Like, Hell yeah, mom. Where is that? You know, um, down, like, past the strip um, on Sunset. The ninety two hundred Sunset Building. Yeah, there's a there's a Land Rover dealership across the street. Is that anything? Where do you get your Land Rover? <laughs> I always go out to the Valley. Oh, okay. They're just a little cheaper out there. Yeah, I yeah I hear you. I'm just I'm all about local. Yeah, I I get it. I like I'm about to, yeah, to. I'm a local <laughs> Land Rover. Guy. I like a bargain. Yeah. I like I'll travel for a bargain. Different strokes. Uh, but yeah, it's over there on the fourth floor. Do you know what the Soho House? Yeah. That's on the roof of that building. Will they let me in there to see it? Is it like outside? It's inside, I'm it's guessing. Inside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole, it's all glass. So it's like the wall, you know, it's like glass walls, uh, cubicles, and then like the middle is another wall. Do you just show up sometimes like, here to see my mural? I've, I have not been back. Really? Yeah. It's an awful area. It is an awful like, area. Every day I would go to park, the parking's under it, and the valet were just, they would look at me like I was going to burn the place down. <laughs> the, their eyes said, don't park here, and then when I did park there, their eyes were like, don't come back to your car, we're going to torch it. That's, uh, when you started doing the posters, was there a, because you said you used to steal a lot of them, were there certain guys you were influenced by? Because I look at your stuff, and I look at it and I'm like I don't know anybody who does stuff like this <laughs> I don't know if I'm ignorant or hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I think it's amazing like I love looking at your stuff thanks man and um well you're a Chicago guy yeah like most of the great poster artists are in Chicago really Jay Ryan who does Bird Machine I... he does all like a lot of the Metro oh yeah Fireside Bowl Beat Kitchen he was in a band called Dianoga I've heard of I don't know they them. played with Hum a lot so there's a lot of good J. Ryan Hum posters. You'll see them in my room. If we were doing this in my room, <laughs> I'd be pointing at one right now. Uh, J. Ryan, Justin Santora is also Chicago. Ryan Duggan is Chicago. And you do like a variety of the sh posters at Meltdown, though. You don't just do yeah. Meltdown, Meltdown. Yeah, but, that, but that's the only, those are the only ones I'll print. Because I was looking at 
Brent Weinbox, did you do his? Yeah. That is, I'd love that. Oh, thanks. Man. Like, I mean, it's a great piece of art. Like, <laughs> what? Did that yesterday. Uh, yeah, I was looking at it on, I think, Tum did something today. Were you, you going to say Tumblr? I think, <laughs> but it wasn't. I was saying Tumblr, but I meant Instagram. That's why I stopped. Tum, Tum Segura. But it's like, it's a stunning piece of art. Thanks, like, it's... Uh, so those are the Evening With series. I yeah. I was with my buddy Garrett. I work with Garrett a lot. Garrett Ross. I don't know Garrett. Great poster designer. He he does, like, everything I wish I could do. He, like, he's computer savvy. But he's like, I can't draw. But he totally can. So we work together a lot. And, uh, yeah, we do those every two weeks. They do one of those evening widths. Yeah, I don't know fucking anything about the, how screen... Because you, you have to draw shit out and then put it on a... Like, so it's like, how many hours does it take to usually do one poster? 25 to 30. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's no fast way to do it. And it feels real awful to do them for cheap because you know how much time went into each one do, do a lot of people ask you like for that favor oh man yeah but then i explain to them in what seems like a really rude way <laughs> like man this shit ain't cheap <laughs> <laughs> you think but, i just sat down and did this one day i guess i kind of did i don't i think people it's weird how people just take that attitude with artists like in uh, uh, across the board like yeah oh, you don't mind like doing this for free right right and it's like yeah Especially after a certain point, you're like, yeah, no, you get, like, some guy asked me to do something a few years ago, and I was actually working a ton and, like, Uh making a lot of money. I don't know what happened to those years. (laughs) But I was like, I was like, you gotta pay me. Right. And he was like, oh, never mind. I was like, go fuck yourself. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, for free? Sure, sure. Hey, do you mind changing the pipes in my kitchen (laughs) under the sink for free? Right, you do it for fun, right? And uh, Yeah. (laughs) This is me doing you a favor. I'll come to your next, you know, family barbecue. I'll do stand-up. You change the pipes under my sink. (laughs) Right. It just infuriates me. Like people are like, it's not really work. Right, that's the rough part. When and people are like, art fun, right? Art's fun. Kids do art. That's fun. I'm not gonna pay. Yeah, I heard a great conversation with a guy trying to hit on a chick on a plane, and he she he, she was in art, uh-huh. and he was like, oh, tough racket. Like <laughs> <laughs> racket. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's a racket. It's a total scam we got going on with this. Yeah, killing ourselves. I'm to... gonna fool you into letting me work for a thousand hours. <laughs> um. So, I mean, is that what you, when you first started doing the Meltdown Post, was those guys a direct influence? The- oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, almost, like, criminally so. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the beauty of it was I was so far removed from the having the ability to rip them off properly that it would be like, all right, I see that. I'm going to do that. And I'd sit down, and it would look like a quarter of what I wanted it to. And I'm like, I guess that's my style now. <laughs> I, my stuff looks like this. And but did, and that progressed over time and now yeah i know i can't remember it's been a slow drunken somersault towards wherever i am at that time do you feel good about where you because i mean like creative people never uh, often yeah are are not happy with where they are at creatively i'm not that pumped (laughs) (laughs) uh you know if, if you're not getting better at it it feels really weird to do it yeah and I feel like I've kind of stopped getting better. There's like, I can get the stuff from my head to the paper with less noise in between. But I don't have as good of ideas anymore. Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it, the, the noise. Because I experienced that the other day where I'm just like, 
in my head. I'm like, ah, ah. Like, you have an idea for like a scene. I'm trying, I'm not a writer. <laughs> I imagine like it could be someone like this, and you're like, it's perfect. But in your head, it's the only that's the only way it's playing, and then you have to get it down onto paper, and then someone has to read it and interpret all the way back to having the same thing from your head into their head. Yeah. There's noise in there. There's loss. It's maddening. It's maddening when you have like something that's just like a weird sort of concept or like a feeling and you're like all right and then i can't put that into words and then i'm just like am i just not educated well enough yeah <laughs> or am i just not able like right. how many steps away from making this not an issue am i you know yeah is that because you deal with clients a lot too that's gotta is that gotta, clients are the worst i'm you, great it's the clients <laughs> <laughs> always <laughs> Yeah, because well, that the whole like oh, you just do do it again type of mentality. Yeah, it's like um, a real fun constant is this interaction. Hey, will you do this for us? Sure. What would you like? You know what? We just want it to be from your head, your style. Do whatever you want. That's the worst response I've ever heard because you always get, "All right, here it is." Oh, well, we didn't want that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what did you want? Not that. That's the best I can do. And then do you have to go back to one on that sort of thing? That I, that used to be the way, but now I always say, like, okay, I'm going to give you one thing, and that's at the end of that, you pay me. If you want something else, you'll pay me again because that's a different thing. They're like, will you just change? Will you just turn the person, like, 30 degrees? I'm like, I drew it. It's long. <laughs> I can't, like, pick up the paper and be like, well, how about this? And just turn the paper a little bit. It's like, that's a different drawing. That's restarting. <coughs> how do they usually respond to that pay and then pay? Because, I mean, I guess if it's presented up front, it's usually. Yeah, I mean, no one's ever pumped about it. They're not like, oh, okay, that's great. It's just, you have to understand, like, you, that's stopping and starting in a completely different job. My time doesn't, I don't get that time back. That was time I wasn't doing something for someone else. And something like a mural with Spotify, do you do they do you draw that out and be like, all right, this is what it's going to be, or is, and then so they're not surprised? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I kept being like, just every day I was like, we still good with that? We still good with that? Because it's going to take me two straight weeks to paint this, and if at some point someone comes in and is like, oh, this isn't what I wanted, I'll just jump out the window. Yeah, because it, and that's just like a different. So that's paint, paint, like yeah, just house paint. Just Home Depot. But I mean, just like the uh, the approach, because it's not, I'm thinking like, oh, it's, I'm th thinking, well, you silk screen the wall, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's not crazy. People have done that. Really? Yes. Uh, yeah, you get those big screens and you can put like a sign. Like, that's a good way to do a sign on like a smooth surface, like glass or a smooth wall. You can screen print that. Get people to hold the screen against the wall and the one person takes a big squeegee. And really? Yeah. That sounds insane. It is kind of insane. But people do, that's, is that common or is it just like once in a while? I think it's once in a while. That seems really fucking expensive. No, it's actually cheaper. Then, because normally you'd get it like cut out on vinyl and you put, like, get it cut and then you put it on the wall and you peel back like a big sticker. Mm -hmm. This is just kind of like a more gritty way of doing that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, we, it, if you can ever come by the shop, I'll give you like a quick. I would like to. Is. No, I would like that. There's no way to just know what screen printing is. 
Are you doing shirts and stuff too? Are you making shirts out of your stuff specifically? Uh, no. The guy I have a shop with does shirts. I'm making shirts for Neil today, but that's kind of a weird one-off. Did he ask you as a favor? You bet. <laughs> <laughs> but knowing Neil is having like, oh, well, Neil's done 12,000 things for me in the last month. I'll do this for Neil. Neil is like, I feel like he's everybody's dad in our circle of friends. Like, And he's always the guy, like, I just feel like he's always just throwing his arm around me and be like, come on, Matt. Let's Absolutely. Like, and you're like, Neil, I know you're busy, yet he finds time to just be this like mortal angel that just goes around always doing the like way nicer than you could have expected thing where does that come from i'm suspicious it's not because he's from the east coast <laughs> that's for sure like he had a with us the script we're writing he had this really like he didn't like every woman in our script is this certain way he's like we need to make stronger women where we need to do something and i was like and i didn't see it and i felt like shitty but i was like and there minimal parts in the their women are not an integral it's very guy and i was like fuck you're right and like it's 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 wrong yeah <laughs> and i didn't i don't know but he's like always seeing things on that other level absolutely i hate him yeah one of the worst dudes right now. but like in detroit what was your background and did you come from like creative family uh my dad was a photographer oh which, really which meant unemployed okay um, my mom worked two <laughs> jobs. She worked at my school. Um, but yeah, creative people. But there was never any money tied to it. But you and what kind of photography did your dad do? Uh, commercial photography. Uh, yeah. But was that like a? Because uh, I'm always in, like interested in where, if people had like a. It, family that supported it my family when i told them i wanted to go they looked at them like i said like hey i like sucking eight dicks at a time right <laughs> well if you're gonna be good at it <laughs> yeah they were not, my mom was just like oh okay <laughs> you're gonna start with one right and then at 20 she was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> at 20 i was she was like okay i think maybe it's time to just like get into something real now and i was like i've just like i'm 20 right yeah get back to me when i'm 21 <laughs> <laughs> now it's 40 or 20 years later it's yeah. still yeah. She, now she could say it and it would make sense. Right. <laughs> Let's get you back in school. <laughs> you know, where everyone loves it. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, that's it's just always interesting to me where how people get on that road of yeah. being a creative person. I, I didn't go to college after high school. Um, I painted hockey goalie helmets. I don't even know what that means, but it's awesome. You know, goalies always have those cool helmets. Yeah. Someone's got to do that. That's awesome. How did yeah. you get into that? That was pretty much luck. I haven't. Un I've been riding this wave of luck for how old am I? Hundred, like a hundred years. <laughs> and uh, yeah, after high school, I was like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to school. And I went to Worcester, Massachusetts, and signed up for this thing where they you tell them what you like, and they're like they help you find internships and stuff. That's cool. And I was like, I like music and I like hockey. I also like art but not enough to do any of those for any kind of money. You can't really do music and hockey for money. Um, <laughs> and uh, they were like, here's this guy who paints hockey goalie helmets and just listens to punk rock all day. I was like, all right, I'll work for him. That and seems ideal. Literally, I walked in, and he was like, give me your sketchbook, and then go over to my CDs and pick out five CDs that you would listen to. And I think I picked out... Like a minor threat, 
Power Slave, Iron Maiden, something else. And he's like, he, he's like, hold him up. And I held him up. And he goes, yeah, you're good. <laughs> Come back Monday. That's how you got hired? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I worked there for a year, and that was the best. Do you really, like when you say lucky, because you, do you feel like you just trip into things and that's, God, that's got it. And you're aware of that. Yeah. Because a lot of people aren't, like, I'm like, oh, you, I don't feel like I've ever had that sort of luck. That's why I'm always, like, astonished yeah. when people are like, yeah, I just, and then. I, mean, I literally said on Facebook, boy, I'd like to do a failure and hum poster, and two days later, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that, when things like that happen, I'm, I'm like, maybe there is magic. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not going to call it religion, but there is something special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've said like I'm going to write a major motion picture, and the universe goes, "We're going to make you sit on that for a while. You can <laughs> write I told it." Told you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're not waiting around. Just uh, keep those keep those in a drawer, will you? Just for a while. Man, you got to shave down those dreams. You got to say, "Man, I want to write a paragraph blurb about baseball." <laughs> I can see you doing it today. <sighs> that was the... <laughs> I think that might be one of the hardest laughs I've had on this show. Um, congratulations. Thanks. Do you, do you have like, a, like okay, this is what I want to go into next, or, not, or do you just follow this through? I'm dizzy from laughing. Oh, I'm dizzy from vertigo. Crazy. <laughs> Literally, I'm going to take a nap in my car before I go home. Um, I I literally don't know ever what's going to happen, ever. So I just hope it's always positive. That's great. I guess, though, I mean, I've always, uh, obsessing isn't going to help. Plan- I've, I've always found that planning is, like, the absolute wrong thing to do. I've Everything I've done and enjoyed and not regretted, I didn't know about six months before that. That's interesting. Like, I, I've toured, I've been to, like, 17 countries with bands, and the month before I was touring, I didn't know that you could make money touring. I was just broke. And so I was like, you should tour. And then I did that for a while because I didn't know what else to do. And then I met Jonah, and I didn't know what screen printing was, and now I do <coughs> And I thought that I was going to be in this weird print closet with no lights that I was in for a couple of years. And then I met Isaac, who was like, let's get a shop. And now we have this big, beautiful shop. And, uh, that you live in. I live in. Does, do you feel that helps your work, living in the environment like that? It's good and bad. Um, it's good in the sense that I can just put on an apron with slippers and boxers <laughs> and be fully functional. <laughs> um, but that's also the worst part. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like there is something to be said to, like, put on your work clothes and go to your workplace. Yeah. It gets you in the right mindset. It's probably pretty easy to have a beer. Right. I have offridge that just has cereal on top of it, milk inside, and then beer. Really? And I'm like, that's what? A- I literally don't even have the like wherewithal to know what else I should have in my fridge. That sounds like a dream, though. Right. Beer and cereal? Yeah. I've mixed them up, haven't gone back. <laughs> Big glass of burial in the morning. Ah. Uh. So where can uh, people find your work in the interwebs? Uh, DaveClock.com, which is K-L-O-C, D-A-V-E-K-L-O-C. I like to, once you say it would it would fit on your knuckles, people then get it. D-A-V-E-K-L-O-C. I, every time I hear your name, I always think of the, uh, I want to say Dave Clock 5. Does anyone ever say that? Only teachers. 
Really? I'd say every new teacher I met once a year as a kid, they'd go, Dave Clock 5. And I'd go, I only know that because Mr. This Die said it. It's, well, that shit says I'm a real square. You bet. <laughs> and what's funny is... I figured everyone would say it. Every old person, man. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I'm 46. When Family Guy came out, one of the first uh, episodes of Family Guy, someone says Dave Clark 5. Dave Clark 5. But it takes place in the hard East Coast. So he goes, Dave Clock 5. Dave Clock 5. And I got calls. Because <laughs> that's all you could do back then, calls. Right. I got telephone calls after telephone calls. And I think some <coughs> AOL IMs. Boy, that is a while ago. Yeah. Was that 2000, 2001, maybe? 2000? Yeah. How do you, just to end it where we started, how do you feel about Jonah Ray saying you are one of the best people he's ever met? Do you feel like you live up to that, like at the end of... Uh... I definitely am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Guy travels with... Guy surrounds himself with a lot of garbage. He, I'm taking that personally, but I'm, I'm totally, still agreeing. I'm totally kidding. Uh, that's ridiculously high praise. He does have a lot of great, wonderful friends. I think that's the best part about L.A. is that there are so many great, great people here. There's so much awful stuff. And but so, it's up to you to find the goodness. Yeah, it's like... I daily dream about living somewhere else mm-hmm. but like i'm like i and like after you mean, like like your house or your city like different city oh oh and house because you're in my apartment and you know i need to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> it's on fire but, that's good. <laughs> but it's like i and like the dinner we had sunday night uh-huh. with all i'm like i'm like fuck i'm really lucky like i know great i like those conversations it's like people live to have that kind of dinner right and I was like, fuck, I'm really, like, how could I ever leave this thing? Yeah. What city? Uh, the current fantasy is Portland, Seattle. Chicago is always one, but the city's politics are too awful. And, and winter. And winter. Do you remember winter? Yeah. It should always be something you have to remember and not face. I don't think I could do it again. I love Chicago to fucking death, but Absolutely. I don't think I could do it. How long were you there? Mm, I grew up like I spent my childhood in the suburbs and then 15 years in the city and I loved it and it was and I but it's like I had like I worked I had the dumbest life I worked at Second City I had, our shows were Thursday through Sunday yeah and I the rest of the time was spent you know being a fucking awful drunk <laughs> but there were hot dogs here and there and eating awful <laughs> yeah San Francisco would be ideal if I could somehow start making a million dollars a year right it would have to be a million so that you could be on Skid Row yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, comfortable Skid Row life, million bucks. Do you think about staying here or leaving? Yeah, nowhere else I'd rather live. Yeah, the water f- terrifies me. Is that just my neurotic head? No, that means you probably get it. Did you see that Washington Post article? No, I can barely read. Okay. Well, what's it about? Just about how the rich people are like, yeah, we should be able to get all the water we want in like certain parts of California. They're just like, it's not a right. It's We can pay for it. We should not have to golf on a on a, a brown golf course. It's like, fuck yourself. Well, absolutely. They said something like, it. all people aren't created equal. Like, the quotes in the article are maddening, and you're just like, oh, we should, like, kill the rich. Right, <laughs> and those people knew they were going to be quoted. The things that they didn't say? That's, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's true. Yeah, the things they didn't say, or the things we don't know they're doing. I, you know, I think a lot of rich people, especially if they've been in money for a while, mm-hmm kind of do believe I mean Gore Vidal talks about it he's like 
like that whole like oh we think we could rise up and join them he's like they don't want you he's right. like i know i come from that we don't want you yeah Jesus. that's enough Pete thing to yeah. end on <laughs> so we move into portland yeah <laughs> yeah except the bo up there is pretty horrendous hey i make sure that it's bad here too thank you for that <laughs> thank you dave clock i hope you enjoyed this thanks for having me matt Dwyer. this was a goddamn pleasure oh good yeah matt Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. If you can donate some money, great. Follow me on Twitter, Matt underscore Dwyer. Or just go to the the mattdwyer.com, that did all things. And then uh, donate and use the Amazon link. Thank you. I love you. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.